0: And this is Conversational Commerce, the podcast where we break down the biggest industry news and trends by talking shop with the retail dive team, thought leaders, and executives. This time on the show, I caught up with Mickey Onverall. She's the CEO of Bonobos. You know, that trendy men's Chinos brand that basically invented the guide shop. Well, it's been almost a year since Mickey took over the CEO spot after founder Andy Dunn moved up the ladder at Walmart. So far, she says she spent most of her time focusing on people. As a digitally native brand, it's important, she says, to make sure store associates are getting the same types of career opportunities as those on the e-commerce and corporate side of things. And that means spending time bringing people together. Before we dive into our conversation, here's a quick word from our sponsor. What do Bonobos and other fast-growing, direct-to-consumer brands have in common? They use Klaviyo, personalize marketing, build customer relationships, and automate online sales. Whether it's a new subscriber or your most loyal customer, growing your e-commerce business starts with creating amazing marketing experiences. Discover winning marketing strategies in Klaviyo's new video series, Ready, Set, Grow. Each week, you'll explore key tactics used by some of Klaviyo's more than 15,000 customers to grow their businesses. To tune into Ready, Set, Grow and to receive even more helpful content, visit klaviyo.com dive. That's klaviy dot com slash D-I-V-E. All right, let's dive in. Welcome to the show. I am so incredibly excited to have you on.
1: Hello. So great to speak to you again, Corinne.
0: You, of course, are the CEO of Bonobos, and you're coming up in a few months on your one-year anniversary of leading the company. How does that feel? Well, it's crazy how time flies.
1: I've survived it, start there. But I also think that we've had a really great year in terms of putting in place a number of building blocks for future growth that are really just sort of starting to pay off and so I feel like we're really just hitting our stride and that you know the year to come will be you know even more explosive for us in terms of the brand and business growth and obviously people growth as well.
0: Yeah, and you know you've been really busy <laughs> over the last couple of months. I've seen you speak a couple of times and the thing that I feel like I always keep hearing you say is culture.
1: Yeah, it's Probably where I spend about 90% of my time is on people. Maybe many CEOs say that, but I think what's really interesting at Bonobos is its people and people development at the intersection of culture. And what I mean by that is the fact that I've always believed that, you know, for a brand to be really healthy and survive and thrive. It has to be fueled by the culture and that brand and culture inextricably intertwine. So, for me, as I continue to want to build the brand for the consumer, I have to continue to build and reinforce the culture as well. So, that's a big part of why I spend so much time day to day, but also when I'm speaking, often this is something that comes up because, really, at the end of the day, without the people and without the very, very special culture that we have at Bonobos, we wouldn't be who we are today and we won't continue to sort of thrive as a brand and as a business.
0: Right. And I mean, you have a very, very unique culture at Bonobos. I mean, even down to the names of some of the positions, right? You don't have customer service reps, you have customer service ninjas, um, and they have a dojo. They do. And we don't call our store
1: associates store associates, we call them guides. So we've been very purposeful about the way that we build this brand, we build this culture. And, you know, sometimes it can be as what's seemingly silly as what we call people. And sometimes it's as important and fundamental as just the way that we incentivize people on a day-to-day basis.
0: When you talk about culture, you say it comes down to people, right? And so today I really want to focus our conversation on the people part of workforce development. So to sort of set the scene of this, what stands out to you today about the workforce? What's different about their needs and the way that they want to work?
1: As you're alluding to the workforce is changing and a younger employee is looking for a different experience out of their employment now than maybe they were 10, 15 years ago. And there's a number of studies that talk about people staying in companies or roles for only two years, which is great and sometimes painful, but I think you can extend that if you offer people the opportunity of new experiences. So when I look at other large retailers, more traditional retailers, they will have an e-commerce team and they will have a stores team. And they're two separate teams, they're incentivized totally differently, they're hired differently, they're trained differently, there isn't the same necessarily career mobility. We view ourselves truly as an omni-channel business. If we wanna deliver that experience with a customer, then we have to act like an omni-channel retailer on the inside too when it comes to our people. So what that looks like for us is how we onboard people is exactly the same wherever you're going to work in the business. How we train you, how we incentivize you, everything is um, parallel um, across the organization. And in fact, our guides and our ninjas report into our chief experience officer.
0: I find that so fascinating that you use the same process for stores and your corporate employees because I I think you know, when I speak with store associates, it's very apparent that at these retailers and brands, there's a massive disconnect between the on the ground workforce and the C-suite. And I wonder why you think that is.
1: I think that it is legacy for the most part in the sense that very often store associates in other businesses, they may be commission based. And so they are incentivized to obviously make the sale in the store. So that is essentially closing them off from the e-commerce organization. Our store employees are actually not incentivized by um, having the sale happen in the store that day. So it's these little things that we do in terms of how we incentivize people that enables people to be part of the larger organization. I think there's another really important Thing that's very special about bonobos is we have always prided ourselves on a very humanized and what we call unscripted experience.
0: What does that mean?
1: What that means is that our ninjas, for example, or our guides, they don't have a script to follow in terms of how they communicate with the customer, how they resolve problems for the customer. They're really empowered to do whatever is right in best service of the customer. And that empowerment and that trust breeds a very different kind of experience, but it also, for the customer, but it also breeds a very different kind of experience for the employee as well, because they feel really empowered at the end of the day, that this is their business as much as it is my business. And then I think the last part of it, and this may be true to me and how I operate, But for me, it's really important that I communicate effectively with all parts of the organization at all times. So I actually spend a day a month in the dojo answering calls, shadowing calls and shadowing emails. But I also do the same with the stores so that people know who I am and I know who they are.
0: And it also shows that you're you're there to listen, not just to your fellow C-suite executives, but even those at the store associate level. And I would imagine that guide shop workers would be more honest with you. And and so I wonder, have you heard of any really harsh realities that you know might not be great to hear, but actually you wanted to know them because then you can put in place something to fix that in, inside the guide shop? I
1: think that building those relationships. Has
0: definitely meant that people
1: feel more comfortable coming to me with both great ideas and also big challenges. So, there's been a number of great ideas that have come out of the guide shop lane. One that I've talked about before was the introduction by one of our guide shop team of me to. Uh, gentleman called Chris Mosher, who was the first transgender athlete to be on a U.S. national team and who became a part of our Role Models marketing campaign. So entirely Sam's idea. So yes, it has been fuel um, to create ideas and innovation. And yes, there have definitely been some harsh realities. Usually it is around the product where it isn't living up to our extremely high bar of quality. But, you know, it's incredibly helpful because they're on the front line with the customer every single day.
0: Yeah. I I also want to talk about another culture piece, which is entrepreneurialism. And it seems like that is a unique part of the folks that work at Bonobos. And, you know, you've talked about this before, right? I mean, there have been a number of employees who have left to start their own uh, digitally native businesses or head up other digitally native businesses. Is that your goal sort of to train the DTC, digitally native (laughs) brand workforce of the future? I think my goal
1: with every employee is to set them up for their lifelong career. Now, yes, there are a number of people that have left here and taken their experiences here to go on and found or be a part of a founding team of other DTC businesses. Equally, and in fact, I had dinner with one last night, a former employee is going on and is going to start his own thing but he's going to do a music listening school for kids. So this isn't necessarily about, you know, training the next workforce of DTC founders and employees. It's really about how do we create a culture that plays to people's strengths, gives them the education they need, the exposure and the experiences to go out and really go after their dreams and and, and be
0: their best selves. So I wonder... How do you do that? I mean, you talked about this, right? The industry is shifting at a really dramatic pace. What do you think retailers and brands need to be teaching their workforce today so that they'll be successful in you know driving the industry in the future?
1: Now this may come, this answer may come from the fact that at my core and at my heart, I'm a marketer of twenty years. But I think that the thing that I can teach every single employee that is a part of this organization is a deep understanding and passion for the customer wherever you go after Bonobos in your career, having an understanding and a passion for the customer in your bones will set you up for success. So whether that's teaching people the importance of going spending time with the customer, how do you ask right questions of the customer? How do you listen effectively? How do you take all of that data and turn it into meaningful insights around the customer that you can build on from a business perspective? If I have taught people that as a baseline foundation then i personally as a leader will have been successful whether they go on to be you know a teacher an entrepreneur or be an astronaut <laughs> whatever it might be i think that um i don't think we have an astronaut by the way that i know of but not yet the point not yet not yet but the point being is i think teaching people that will not only help us be more successful it will also set them up for the future
0: Yeah. And then in part, you're also hoping some might come back, right? You've got this bounce back theory. Totally.
1: We do have a bounce back theory and I have a bounce back theory and we've got two now, I'm proud to say. Oh, okay.
0: Well, tell me about both of them.
1: Yeah, it's been great. So, you know, the theory is that if we create um, a culture and an environment where people feel embraced for who they are, if they feel like they're learning and they're developing and they're set up for their long-term success and they feel like this is home, in inverted commas, that even if they go on to go to another city or another category or another brand, whatever it might be, that they may well find their way back here in the long run. And so the two examples that I'm thinking about is one gentleman in our technology team who was here for I think four years and then he left and he actually traveled across the world for a year and then he came back to New York and we reached out to him because we were kind of constantly in touch with him and said hey we think there's a really interesting opportunity here for you what do you think and you know at first I think he was maybe a little reticent you know there's that concern of you know is this A sideways step or a backward step from a career perspective. But I think ultimately, what he was able to find here is a culture where he feels like he can be himself, but he was also able to find a new career opportunity that continued to develop him and feeling like he was still advancing, even if it was back at the same company. And similarly, um, woman called Katie Manning who's on our production and sourcing team she was here for many years actually and she left and she went to um, a company called Rockets of Awesome and she went there and she had a great experience working with them and then I think after a year or so of being with them she came back to us and currently runs our production and sourcing team and she learned a ton going to Rockets it's a different category it's kids clothing it's a box product so she learned a ton of things and had another adventure and an experience and actually great for us. She was able to bring that experience and learning that she'd had there back here and continue to advance in her career at Bonobos.
0: Right. So there's, there's a lot of benefit to the company as well. Right. And sort of letting, letting employees go and explore and, and hoping that they might come back and share what they've learned too. Totally. It's the, if you love them, let them go philosophy.
1: I mean, in the last week, Corinne, I have spoken to four former Bonobos employees, three of whom who worked here in the time I've been with the company. So two and a half years, I've been here in total. And one who actually worked here a long time um, before I was with the company. And I've spoken to them all. I'm not saying I'm bringing them all back. But I think what it points to is this deep connectivity to this brand and to this culture and to each other.
0: Right. And so I guess, you know, as one closing thought, I wonder what advice you would impart on other brands and retailers of how do you do that? How do you create that? And how do you make it your own?
1: So I am a big believer in strengths. So I don't know if you're familiar with Strength Finder, but it's this philosophy that um, we all have innate strengths and we should work with our strengths and not try and constantly make up for any weaknesses perceived or otherwise. And I think we have a very strong strength-based culture here, which makes it feel very accepting and inclusive and diverse. And I think because of that, people can find their own personal home here. And so that is why people you know, may drift away, but they stay connected. So I think my advice would be lean into people's strengths, recognize them for their strengths, reward them for their strengths. And ultimately, you'll build this bond that will make people want to stay connected.
0: Yeah, I mean, that seems like a much more positive way to approach feedback and really just, you know, developing in your career and letting some breathing room to make some mistakes and to learn from them and to become better because of them.
1: Yeah, I'm a big believer in fail fast, fail forwards. So what I mean by that is we're trying to create a culture and we continue to build a culture here where, and this speaks to your entrepreneurialism point earlier, of creating a space where people feel like they can take risks, they can fail, and actually they will be rewarded for having taken the risk and not castigated for failing. So my mantra is fail fast, fail forwards, because as long as you learn for it, I'm okay.
0: Well, Mickey, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure, Corinne. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Conversational Commerce. If you liked our show, please take a minute to leave us a review on iTunes. And to stay in the loop on the latest news and trends, go online to RetailDive.com and subscribe to our free daily newsletter. I'm Corinne Ruff, and this was Conversational Commerce.